Welcome to the Unleash Your Voice podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Driuso, performer and creator by nature, voice specialist and leadership coach by day. And I work with entrepreneurs all over the world to help them unleash their voice and step into the leader that they were destined to be. This podcast is an unfiltered look at what it takes to truly own who you are as a leader, unleash your voice, and get your message to the masses. Are you ready to turn up the volume on your dreams, your desires, and your income? Sweet. Let's get started. What is up, my party people and lovebirds? I have a very special guest for you guys today. And before I get into a bumpin' introduction for the Queen of Hearts herself, I just want to let you guys know that this episode is sponsored by the Hashtag Unprofessional course, which is my private coaching course that is 30 days to your most unfiltered, unapologetic, and hashtag unprofessional self, which really is busting these limitations, these standards, everything that you've been told you need to be in order to be fulfilled, successful, and just be loved and adored for who the, who you are, the truth of who you are. All those things that you've been told that you need to be and that needs to be your identity, we're blowing that shit up in 30 days. So if you want to join me, cart is only open for the next 48 hours. Message me, email the show if you have questions, but go ahead and go to daniellederiso.com slash unprofessional to go and slide in and claim your spot for that course. Now, without further ado, I'm going to bring you guys an epic guest. I am honored that she took the time out of her busy schedule to come hang out with us here on the podcast. I've been wanting to interview Stephanie for like oodles of time, oodles of time. I have been following her for so long. Ever since I came onto the online space, she was really the only relationship coach that I knew of at the time, other than I remember getting this one book and this is hilarious. I hope she's listening to this because I totally forgot to tell her this. I remember when I was growing up, I had this one book and I think it was called Crash Course in Love or something like that. It was pretty much like who you need to be in order for men to like you. (laughs) And it was this thing that I read at a very young age, which really set up the standard of what a female needed to be in order to win affection of a male and all this stuff. So I love that Stephanie came on this podcast because we talk about these things. We talk about what it means to be vulnerable in a relationship, what it means to have open communication. We talk talk about toxic masculinity. We talk about dating apps. We talk about what it means to be vulnerable in a relationship and how to bust down these barriers of who we feel like we need to be in relationships in order for them to work and really just be vulnerable, be us and be unfiltered and unapologetic in who we are and how we feel. And it's just so good. She goes into so much amazing, amazing content. So I would love to just dive right into this episode. So let's do it. Here we go with the Good Love Co. Stephanie. For those of us who don't know you and like, why wouldn't we, right? (laughs) Can you let us know who you are, what you do and what you're so fucking amazing at? Yes. Oh my goodness. So excited, Danielle. So my name is Stephanie. I am a relationship coach, expert, and speaker. I own the company, The Good Love Co. And it's really just my movement in the world to get us out of this one-dimensional BS dating 
crapshoot and really come back to ourselves as wonderful souls. Because once we figure out who we are innately, we become beacons to our vibrational match. And so my job and mission is to work with women to help them uncover their crap and their baggage, remove that, put in some new identity, and then your outer world rearranges. So I love it and I'm excited. I'm so excited. And I love how open you are with your own transformation, especially with Mm -hmm. like dating and stuff like that. You're one of the very first people that I started following online. So I feel like we go way back. Oh my God. That's so sweet. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's been, it's been some years, my friend. Yeah. And I feel like I, yeah, I think I've been following you for, I think like three years or something like that. So like right when I first came in to the online world, I was like, this bitch, this bitch is my bitch. Like I was like, Uh I like her. Oh my God. I love you so much. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, oh yeah. So that's been so cool. Just me watching your own journey. And like, I love, we're going to talk about my love life too. Cause we were talking about how you've been following my love life, which I think is hilarious and awesome. And yeah. we're both super open about it. And can you share with everyone what that kind of looked like? If you're totally comfortable with it, of course, yeah. um, what it looked like before you kind of went into this good love mentality and what it's yeah. kind of looking like now. Yeah. Awesome. I, I love to talk about my story because a lot of people wouldn't expect it, but I joked that I was a dating disaster. Um, I spent a good, how old am I now? I'm almost 33. So I spent the entire twenties and a little bit of my teenage years really, really, um, promiscuous. And I was partying, I was drinking all the time. And I really had wrapped my self-worth and identity in being the like super witty, bad bitch. Like that was my thing. Mm -hmm. I thought that like, you know, there's no reason why I can't be this like sexual, you know, fierce woman, but the problem was, was that I was attracting people who manipulate did my sexuality. I was attracting people who weren't wanting anything serious. And it became really painful because I kept declaring, you know, just deciding that I want this amazing relationship. I want to be cherished and nurtured and seen and finally chosen. And all I got were people that were in and out no pun intended, like <laughs> here, here and there, gone today. Just, it was horrible. I you so I, much. You know, and <laughs> I just, I just couldn't figure out what I was doing wrong. Like I, I truly didn't think I was doing anything wrong. I thought I was Samantha Jones. I thought I was an Mm. independent woman. I thought, you know, I'm going to take my power back by just being super masculine and alpha. And it took a long time to really realize that like that isn't how it goes. And I think a lot of my, my struggle was connecting what I thought I was doing to what I was really doing because I hate to say it, but if you declare that you want a long-term amazing, like good relationship, but you're behaving like someone who just can't be bothered, then there's an energetic disconnect. So I was just attracting people who weren't serious either or were turned off by me. Like I was calling in good guys and then they'd spend a couple of weekends with me and be like, I don't want to marry someone who's drinking three bottles of wine a night. Like you just, it it came down to getting really honest. And so I surrendered in 
gosh, 2015, January, 2015. And I said, universe, let's have a chat. Let's have a conversation. I'm ready to do what it takes. Like, show me the way, like, what do I need to do? And I'll do it. I'll do whatever it takes. And that was a very powerful evening because I ended up having a, a straight up conversation. If anyone saw me, they would probably think I was crazy talking to no one. Um, but it was, I, it was just a pure surrender. And I, I felt this internal shift where I knew something had moved. And so right after that, I started listening to an intuitive calling. So I ended up stopping working at bars. I, I was like, there's no way I can continue to work in the entertainment industry because where am I going to go from there? It was, it was bad. So I was called to apply at this like temp agency where they just take anyone off the street, throw them in these couple month long contracts. And I got assigned to working in this warehouse. And I was like, perfect. I can't get in trouble. There's no flirting. There's no booze. I can't use my sexuality and wit to fill my empty void of esteem. I can't get in trouble. This will be perfect. And the person who trained me on my first job is the guy I'm now marrying. So we ended up meeting. Yeah, we ended up meeting within 57 days. So it was around end of March. And then we got together in April. April 12th, 2015 was our first date and our son was born April 12th, 2016. Wow. So I was like, I'm onto something. I've, I've, I figured something out. I've cracked a code and now I have to teach it. And here we are now. That's amazing. I love how you talked about before this, like Samantha Jones mentality. What was that for you? Because sometimes I definitely found myself falling into that. And sometimes I still do because I think I'm hilarious and charming. Like, why not? Right. But, but almost using it as a defense mechanism. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And it's funny because I was talking with a girlfriend and she's like, watching sex in the city in your thirties is really different because it's like the things that you thought were so glamorous and you know, that archetype of woman is pure self-protection. It's literally a fuck off vibe. Yeah. So anyone that would come close past the one dimensional entertainment, anything that would come sort of past that was an immediate no, get out of here. And it was sort of dressed and dazzled as I'm focusing on my career or I don't need a man or whatever we tell ourselves to make us feel less empty because that, that was the truth. At the end of the day, if you actually study that show, she doesn't really end up with that happily ever after. She ended up sort of rejecting the one guy who saw her pure vulnerability. And I remember just thinking like, there's, there's gotta be something to that because we've been so conditioned to think if someone isn't perfect, if someone shows a human error, if someone makes a mistake, it's like on to the next one, get out of here. And yeah, yeah, I'm like, only Stephanie can see me, but I'm like losing it. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yes. Continue. Cause it's, but cause that's what we've done. And, and my whole thing, like my whole shtick is like, what if instead we stopped running and really addressed what the lesson is because lessons come from people. 
people are teachers, right? We're, we're in earth school. So if you're constantly having these lessons over and over and over from human experiences, but all you're doing is dismissing them and pushing them away and then puffing your chest up with some bullshit, like Mm -hmm. whatever we tell ourselves, wouldn't it feel interesting to explore the idea of letting someone in and, and riding the waves and, and saying, Hmm, you're experiencing something that I'm not, what can I learn from this? Like I'm so big on real connection because mm-hmm. relationships go through ebbs and flows. And if you haven't learned how to hold on, you know, hold on the side of the boat when the storm gets rough, how are you going to navigate a life together? We forget that. We just, we want a man. Give me a man. Where's my boyfriend? I'm <laughs> but we haven't thought, okay, well, once I, once I receive that, have I learned who I am enough and, and who this person is so that we can actually do life together? Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that so much. Cause, and I feel like I've been on both kind of spectrums. I've been like the very passive aggressive, like, thank you so much for choosing me <laughs> type of person. And then I've been the polar opposite of like yeah. total bad bitch. Like don't fuck with me. I'm irresistible, like whatever. And then it wasn't until, and when I this is what I found. So maybe you can speak to this too. It's like, yeah when I was in this like passive aggressive, like, Oh, thanks for choosing me type thing. When I started to grow and progress, that's when the relationship, it's like shattering those illusions yeah. of if you build a relationship on an illusion, this is one of the reasons I was like, we need to talk about this. <laughs> I'm all about like communication and like really like allowing that depth of communication, open communication. And it's just so, and now I'm finding that I, I like business. I'm like, Oh yeah, I can fucking do this in business. But now it's like, Whoa, real life relationships. Love it. And trying to bring that work into relationships is really powerful. But this, um, when I was in the passive aggressive one, it was like, Oh, okay. Once I started stepping into my own, it was like, Whoa. And it was a very healthy relationship. But the minute that my growth started to happen, I started to find myself more. It was like, that we were speaking two different languages yeah, and it was just wild to be like, Oh, what? And, and that's another thing that I've learned too, is you both have to be on the same page of the same growth or else it obviously like does not click. And then on the polar opposite side of that, like the bad bitch thing, we were talking about this before <laughs> about like going back to old habits and stuff. So it's that relationship was uh, like very amazing, but there was so, I would say that it was more like less of a grounded relationship and more of a very mm. less extravagant theatrical relationship Mm. so unnecessarily so in so many different ways and there was like a lot of weird control things and it's like when I started to like oh I I um stepped into my power and then the minute that it was vulnerable it was like that wasn't taken there I guess like it wasn't taken and there wasn't an open communication because it was built on this dynamic of being of like trying to protect both of us trying to protect ourselves Yeah. Totally. And then, yeah. And then when it was like, okay, we're walking away from this. And it was like, oh, but like, there's, there's still that energetic cord and it mm. then like coming back and then nothing changed. And then once yeah. again, it was like, yeah. Oh, I love it. It's, we're it's going true. deep guys. <laughs> I mean, and that's, but that's a thing like for two people, like you have to think about it like this. I joke with my fiance that the concept of like, hey, I like you, you're cute, let's do life together, let's just roll the dice and like see each other for 50 years, like that concept is wild, 
it's wild in itself because in order to do that, I like to call it the, like the couple that's like flinging jello at each other in the retirement home, like the playful fun, like to get to that, there's a lot of years in between. And if Mm -hmm. your foundation is built on primal passion that hasn't translated into, you know, how are we going to plan our lives together? Relationships have seasons. We're not always meant to be together all the time forever. You're forever person because I am a believer in monogamy and I am a believer that you can make it till the end. It just requires a lot and people don't want to do it. Quite frankly, it's very seductive and exciting to be in that chaotic, dramatic, passionate relationship. We don't do things if we don't get a payoff out of it. We've all had that really intense, like, love, hate, the sex is amazing, like, oh my God, I'm so obsessed. It's very alluring. Mm-hmm. But, and, and so what can happen sometimes is that if that relationship hasn't, you know, if, if there's not enough leg to, to have a foundation, eventually it's going to crumble because what's the point? You, you can only do that for so long before someone says, okay, well, I want to buy a house now. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. So, or like, <laughs> hey, let's talk about who we really are. On the, like, let's not have a surface level. Yeah. Built on like these theatrical, like whimsical ideas of, oh, how extravagant can this relationship be? Like when it comes down to the real shit. Yeah. can't build that on a foundation that's built on two people holding up a mask. Right. Exactly. A hundred percent. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so good. So while we're getting into the, I love this so much. Cause like, obviously I'm super unfiltered and you're super unfiltered. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a great episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the idea of it, this conditional love or conditional attraction is something mm. that I really would love to hear your side of because I would say I'm relatively new to like this quote unquote dating world or whatever. Like mm. I'm relatively new. I was in a long, like two very, or one very long relationship, one short, long relationship, which we've discussed. (laughs) (laughs) That is its own entity. And getting back into this dating world, one thing that was really frustrating to me is this idea of just like, oh, just swipe. You know what? If they, if there's one thing, like there, I feel like there's a difference between red flags and a difference between, or, or like red flags, incompatibility, and a difference between oh, maybe I need to explore this more. Like, right. what is that for you? And not yeah. like, oh, you know what? They said this one thing. Um, you know what? Swipe. Like, I'm done with that. Yeah. And, and making people so replaceable and then being overwhelmed. Like, this is what I've been seeing in my friends and me and everything. It's like this like swipe mentality of like a numbers game. And then it's very mm-hmm. overwhelming. And then you're like, oh my God, there's too many humans. And then you're like, who do I even like? And then you're like, oh my God, I'm talking to this one person. And you know what? They're like really cute. And I actually want to do something with them because they, I feel like we're very compatible. And then it's like, they don't respond for a day. And you're like, okay, do I swipe again? Like, what do I do here? Right. (laughs) Maybe you can like, yeah. Share your experience or your expertise. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Yeah. Absolutely. I I think, See, I have a very different perspective on, on the apps and the, you know, there, there's so much complaining about the apps. All I hear is like, fuck the apps and fuck all this. And I'm like, but you're on the app. Like, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> if you're like, you, you're wonderful and, and exciting and fun and, and would be a perfect partner and you're on the app. 
So mm-hmm. that must mean that there are good people on the app. Yes. So for the love of God, stop blaming the apps. It's, it's a tool. <laughs> it's, it's a medium. Yeah. Like, yes, have, have we sort of evolved as a society to, to get these dopamine hits of like the phone lighting up? Yes. Like that's different compared to years ago, but the biological and neurological desire for closeness that hasn't gone away. So if that's still a part of us, then that must mean that that's a collective thing. Mm -hmm. So if we can just sort of get out of our like drama with these apps and just said to ourselves, like, what if I just experimented with behaving how I would like to be treated? Because I wouldn't want a guy being like swiping, 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 you know, not giving me a chance to respond. Like we need to get out of this men versus women battlefield thing because that couldn't be less loving right Mm. it's sort of become this pissing contest and I think (laughs) like like yes there are dudes that are not great but there are women that are not great too Mm. so I always tell my clients like your best bet is to not date for sport it's it's not it's not fair because every woman, all I hear is like, I want one guy. I want someone to choose me. I, I want to have that like Sunday pancakes in bed, sex all day thing. So if that's what you want, you have to stop behaving like you're shopping. I call it relation yes. shopping. Like just you be like, be the change you want to see. Like that's, that's all you can do. And, and also here's a thought, go outside like go to actual places. Like mm-hmm. just like we are so used to, especially us who are business women who like live by this yeah. we're constantly on our phones and on our computers. And it's very bizarre to exist on a screen. And I think in order for us to do some serious interruption of what we don't like, we have to be the catalyst go to a different grocery store, go to a different coffee shop, actually look up when you're walking. (laughs) Like, like honestly, like I, I, it's funny because we were like, oh yeah, like making conversation. And when you're in line, smiling at somebody, like if everyone's complaining about how, how modern dating is bullshit, then you have to stop doing modern dating bullshit tactics mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and then you can start to say, you know, maybe I can limit my app time to, you know, 20 minutes in the morning, you know, 20 minutes at night and not make it a hobby. Like it's not a sport. It's not a numbers game. Your job in the space in between is to rediscover who you are clear your baggage and bullshit and be energetically available. And you're going to have a harder time if you're spending your time swiping and looking and nope, and he's not okay and meh and meh and judging. And he said that, like, there are so many women I know, and I'm on a riff right now because this drives me crazy, who screenshot these poor guys trying to like start a conversation that doesn't involve a dick pic. And they're like, I can't believe you. I can't believe he'd even asked me that. Like, what a loser. And I'm like, he's trying. He's trying. Like, like he's, he's like, so did you watch the Saints game? Like, what's going on? Oh, what a loser. Like, where's like, come on. I'm, uh, you're boring. And I'm just thinking like these poor guys, we need to stop making it about us versus them and just start to actually like zoom out and think like, this person is, is getting the courage to message me 
And all I want is someone to get the courage to message me and it's happening. But because it's not my expectation and I'm annoyed and I'm tired of being single and I'm fed up, I'm just going to project on this guy and then complain to my friends that there's no good guys out there. Mm, I love that so much. All of that is so good. And this idea of like good versus bad too. Like that's something that I feel like that has been the biggest epiphany in my life in relationships is this like good versus bad. This like men versus women. Yeah. Thing. And instead of being like, you did this and you fucked up and you made me feel like this or like some, like, just like, you know, that projection sitting down and being like, Hey, let's have an open dialect over open conversation. Like what if no one was right and wrong? Like what a concept. What if you were working off of like your experiences, your beliefs, your moment in time and how you felt your emotional charge at that time. And I was working off of all those things with me. And what if we had an open conversation about what that was for each other so we could actually talk like human beings? Like what a fucking thing. And even, I love that you said this just like judgment of like, oh, they said this and they said that. And it is, it's like, they're trying. I feel like um, one thing for me that was really powerful was just like not doing it for a hobby because I just got into this weird and it's this weird, I feel like habit of like checking your phone and like when you're bored, I would find myself bored on the app. And I'm like, why am I doing this when I'm bored? Why am I doing this when I'm not showing up as like the best? But I like, would I want someone to come up to me and be like, Hey, I'm really bored and you're kind of cute. So like, do you want to talk or some shit? Like, no. Ding, 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 ding. Right? ding yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, that's what I feel like too. And it's just, and I, and I've only been on like dating apps for like, I, I feel like a couple months and it's just like, for me, more fascinating. Like, it's just like fascinating yeah. going into that world being so, I guess, far removed from it and learning all these different things. And it's kind of almost like, I'm feeling down on myself right now. Let me go swipe in an app. Oh, yes. I feel like it just doesn't... Yeah, yeah. Like, if you have more to say, please do. Because I feel like we're (laughs) like, yes. (laughs) But 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 that's the thing, because I hear so much flack about the apps. And just, just to show my age, when I was single and miserable... We didn't have apps. They didn't exist. It was plenty of fish and it was on the computer. So you would literally have to like log on and check your messages and then carry on your day. There wasn't this convenience of like, oh, I I feel like a little attention could make me feel better. Let me use an external source to shift my internal emotions, which is what people do Mm -hmm. when they're bored. And I remember I would go on, I would log on, and I would spend deliberate time on on the websites. There was Lava Life, Plenty of Fish, and Match. And, And eHarmony, when they had a free weekend, I would hit that up because I was like, ooh, the good guys are on the paid websites. Mm-hmm. And the truth of the matter is, is that it's not about anything other than what is your intention with the site? If you are using, if you're scrolling mindlessly and like, oh, dopamine hit, oh, this guy's cute, oh, I matched, and that's it, that's not really intentional. And so you kind of can't get upset and pissy when you're not getting the results you want. I would recommend really just being deliberate and saying like, how would it feel if I engage in a conversation with someone that I find interesting and then let it go? 
like, like surrendered it. And instead of just being obsessive, because that energy, you feel that, I mean, we mm-hmm. all, we all know what that's like. So it, it's less about complaining about the apps and just remembering that everyone's trying to find love. Not everyone has great intentions, but that's in the real world. That's all the time. You're going to find that anywhere you go anyway. Right. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the time, anyone who doesn't have great intentions, it literally is not a reflection of us in any way, shape or form. It's a reflection of them in that state, in that moment. Like they are not intentional. They probably want that dopamine hit, probably something happened in their life. They're searching for just something to stimulate or get them out of their own funk. And (laughs) it has nothing to do with if you guys happen to match, it's just everything to do with what that person's dealing with and working with. And just having grace. But I love what you said about intentional. And that's what I've been doing too. Cause I found myself in this weird, like, like, I don't know, this weird place where you're like, how did I get on this? Like, where am I? (laughs) I remember. Right. Yeah. I sure do. Right. And it's just being so intentional with it and just being really intentional about, okay, what do I actually want? And what's my intention and what is, and I love that we talked about like the hyper masculine thing, because I found what I was doing for a bit is that I was like, oh, they're not assertive enough. Like I'm done with it. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, oh, they don't check, click this box. Like I'm done with that. Yeah. And I still find myself falling into that, but I'm like, okay, but what are some of the things that I really did? Like, and is it a miscompatibility thing or is it actually oh, just- yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 We, didn't yeah. Even, we didn't even get to that. We we're like, ah! So it was um, so good. But yeah, let's talk about, <clears throat> let's talk about red flags and not okay. being compatible versus- this didn't fill my void in this one moment. Now, um, thank you next type of, uh, see, this is so good. Like where do I even begin? Um, so people are complex. We are layered and multifaceted. We all have days where we're like, I feel amazing. I'm so inspired. I'm rocking out. I washed my hair today. Like it is a good (laughs) day. And then there are days when we're like, I feel gross. I'm tired. No one talked to me. Get out of my face. Like, mm-hmm. so we have personalities and energies and ebb and flow. So the concept of compatibility is, in my opinion, is sort of being open to having someone see who you really are. That has to be first and foremost, because what I see a lot of times is women contorting themselves into who they think this guy wants them to be. Oh my God. I've like, done that. Yes. This we is all, like, oh yes. We all have. It's like, I had, a, I had a client who was like, yeah, I told him I was into this music and this sport. And, you know, I was <laughs> really pretending I was into his interest because eventually over time we'll create our own interests. Right. And I'm like, oh, no, no, you just end up listening to that horrible band you hate at that bar. You hate watching that sport you hate. Yeah. And you're not even you. So before you can even see if there's compatibility, you need to figure out what your core gifts are because that's what makes you attractive. Like I can tell you the things that I am most insecure about are my partner's favorite things about me. The things that I'm like, oh, like, you know, people back in the day would, would hear me talk and be like, they would think I was a valley girl and, you know, my legs have cellulite. And I was like, oh, and my fiance 
loves that about me. He thinks I'm different and unique. And we wouldn't have gotten to that place if I was hiding those things about me. The person that's meant for you is going to be like, wow, I love that she's so quirky. Like that's so cool and refreshing as opposed to men want me to be this way. I can't hide or I can't show this thing. I have to hide who I actually am. So once you have the courage to say, this is who I am and this is what I'm about, warts and all, have at it. Then the right people come in. It's like a lighthouse calling in people. Mm. So compatibility is really about, um, you know, can, can we, can we be together in a space sober, unoccupied, you know, no stimulus. Can we just sit in a room and enjoy each other? Can we be, do we fit do my strengths complement his weaknesses? Can we merge? It's, it's relationships are about relating. It's about two people coming together. So compatibility is really about, you know, do we fit together? Or, or is, is my yin and yang and his yin and yang, can we merge? And so the problem is a lot of people think that a bad day means you're not compatible or a rough conversation means you're not compatible or someone making a mistake. Compatibility is really the energy that you two have together. Are you better together? Do you actually like him? Like, do you like him as a person? Does he like you as a person? Because I can tell you chemistry is fun and great sex is great. But at the end of the day, you have to be friends. The same way with your best friend, you're compatible. You guys go like this. You're like, bah, 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 bah. you're my bud. We get each other. We like it. We flow. It's easy. That's compatibility. It's, it's friendship set on fire. That's what it is. But the only way you can find that is if you come from your own real core identity. That's why identity work is so pivotal. And so it's, it's more about saying, what would happen if I allowed myself to be fully seen? What would be the worst that could happen? At least I'd know where I'd stand. And that's when you can start building the foundation. And, and red flags, I mean, you need to decide what your values are together. Like with my relationship, we have a shared value of self-mastery and excellence. So it would be a red flag if my partner was like, hmm, don't really care about, you know, like taking over the world or living in excellence or making money, having your best life. That's not important. I would be happy at a remedial job for the rest of my life. That would be a, a red flag because on a level, our desires and values are not compatible. Do you see what I mean? So it's, it's really about first and foremost, who are you really? What is your actual identity? As like with the mask off. Then you call in the person who says, I really like that. That girl's different. That's so neat. And then you guys say, well, what's the mission of our relationship? What's, what's the point? Why are we better together? And when you figure that out, you're able to navigate life's storms a little bit easier. And it's harder when you guys aren't on the same page in what you want. Like, what's the vision? What do you want to do? Because then you'll find out if you're compatible. And I think my only real, real red flag is, is like someone who's not willing 
to better themselves. That's probably my biggest one. Uh, if, oh, yeah. if a man has no desire for personal excellence or growth or curiosity conversation, you need to think about how do you want to live for the next 50 years? What do you want your life to look like? And that's when you find out if you're compatible. Mm, I love that so much. And do you find a lot of people make decisions, like a lot of clients and stuff? Like I know people who I work with have worked with privately and stuff like that. They really model their, it's just like trying to fit into those boxes. But what I've seen is then when they go for relationships and stuff like that, because oftentimes like the voice work filters into everything, right? But they'll be like, oh, I have to, I really like this person and we're incredibly compatible, but I feel like maybe they won't live up to the standards of who my friends think I should date or who my family thinks I should date. So I would love to hear your expertise on that. Like when you start to like someone and then you're like, oh, but what if my, what if my friends don't think that they're this enough or they're they're that enough or whatever? Yeah. I'll tell, I'll tell a story. So I had a client last summer come to me and her, her problem was I really like this guy. My friends don't get it. And now I'm starting to pick at him. What's oh, that yeah. about? And mm-hmm. so I'm like, well, you're, it's, it's essentially the influence of the people around. And we started, we did some digging and, you know, her mom is very, no one's good enough for my child. And we all have patterns that are ingrained. And so she was really enjoying her time with this guy. But then in the background, the friends were like, mm. and so she subconsciously started to think, is he actually right for me? I don't know. And when we do that, we just start picking. It's like we, we, we pick a fight, we get hostile because we're just feeling an energy that we don't know how to express. So it comes out in, in physical action. And so I said to her, I was like, if your friends liked him, would we be even having this conversation? No, it'd be great. I I really like him a lot. I'm like, okay, so, so what is it about your friend's opinions that matter more than your happiness? Why is that on the scale far more valuable than this guy who's like, Hey, I want to be with you. Let's do it. And so we did a lot of work and, and they're still together to this day and they're madly in love and they're planning a wedding. And she's like, I would have dumped him. I, I completely would have dumped him. And also, I mean, he was like the first guy who was unique and kind and different. And the reason why her, her friends didn't like him was a little twinge of jealousy and the fact that he was a nice, kind guy and they didn't have that and they didn't like that. And the thought that, well, if my friend gets into this amazing relationship, she's not going to be around anymore. Mm-hmm. Our friends not they don't always have the best intentions and they don't necessarily mean to, but sometimes we behave in ways when we feel threatened, we are primal and, and tribe oriented and we need people. And when one of our tribe members is like, yay, I got the guy. See you later. I'm out of here. That's what they think is happening. And so they will do things to kind of pull it back so that we can all be miserable together. Because if someone goes out and sort of gets that fairy tale happy ending, it's just a mirror that says, I don't have that yet. So Mm -hmm. when it comes to friendships, don't be afraid to have an open conversation. And and I'm huge on no defenses, no deflection, the double Ds in conversation. Um, Yes. 
because that way you get the real truth. You get the real tea when you're able to say, listen, I'm getting a sense that you're uncomfortable with this relationship, but like, can we just, can we chat about it? People want to be heard. I mean, you get this more than I get this. Like people, they they would love a platform. Even the one person who's the hardest to open up. If you sat down and said, "Let's take twenty minutes and just have a conversation," I would love to know how this makes you feel. They would be like, "Oh my god, wow, what an opportunity!" So we need to remember that friendships change and evolve. My best friend got. Um, engaged and was pregnant at 23 and I was 21 and I'm like shit I'm not done yet we're still partying we're still <laughs> up. like what the hell where'd my best friend go and I had to mourn that I really had to mourn the fact that it wasn't going to be the same and it wasn't going to look the same but how selfish could I be to try and restrict her because mm-hmm. your my time was going to come our time always comes there, there's no such thing as like, you can have love and you can have love, but not for you. The only people who have a hard time attracting and, and sustaining a relationship have deep belief systems that are repelling it. Mm-hmm. So if your friends are in your face, they just need a hobby, have a conversation, let them, let them do them. Eventually yeah. they'll be in a relationship and you guys will high five. You'll be like, yay. It's, it's cool this way. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's so important having conversations with your friends too, because I feel like, especially through this work and it's amazing now, cause I'm like bringing it into my relationships too, but like my <laughs> friendships have become so open and supportive. Like one of my friends who she's been one of my really close friends, we were acquaintances for a really long time and like kind of close, but there was always that layer and that barrier. And then it's wild because we both grew completely parallel and we like barely talked like eventually like it would all be the same but we grew so much parallelly while she was like traveling the world and I was like doing myself helping and like now we come together and I can have a conversation with her and we are so open with like yeah. hey this is how I'm feeling right now I'm feeling really anxious right now and I'm feeling like this and this is what's coming out of me or if we're genuinely concerned like I remember when I was in the lusty relationship, she was was the first one to be like, Hey, like we need to have a conversation about this because I feel like you are acting in a way that is not in integrity with who you are. And just having Mm. her say that to me, not exact those exact words, but just being open to talk about that. I was like, you know what? I a hundred percent think that you're right. And now I feel safer to like really hold myself accountable to how I feel. So there's that difference of like, that I've had the friends who are more catty, like, and I've been that friend who's like, like, no, stay with me forever. (laughs) But, um, also just creating that like deep, deep sense of open communication. And for you, you've been through a lot in your relationship too. And I think that's really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So for those, okay. Say they're in the relationship, they are finally starting to really feel connected, but things start to get rocky. What's like the number one thing that you could recommend or a way that you can, um, bring that open communication in with your relationship. If you have not had that yet, like maybe there's too many defense mechanisms coming up or like that deflection and defensiveness that we talked about. How can you start to incorporate those things and get your partner on board? I love that question because it's, it's so important. I, and I think most of the work happens when you're in partnership. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like I'm, I'm huge on calling a thing, a thing and just being really free and open. And I know that that can be a little bit intense. I mean, I was always the too much girl. 
-hmm. you're too much. I was always the too much girl. And what's interesting is that when it comes to sort of merging lies, the things that you're kind of like, oh, I don't want to, I'm I'm nervous about this, or I don't want to share this. That's the secret sauce. When you have the bravery to sit down and say, this is what I'm experiencing. Is this what you're experiencing? How can we come together? Because it's very, very easy to, to try and say, I'm feeling too much pain right now, or hurt, or sadness, or whatever. I'm feeling too much I need to separate. I need to move away and not necessarily like breaking up, but this looks like storming out or stonewalling or not talking about it or pretending everything's fine. We spend way more energy, way more energy, way more energy, (laughs) really, really trying to avoid the disturbance. It's like the old thorn theory. Like, you know, we have a thorn in the side and it's like, stay away, stay away. I have this thing. Don't touch it. It, Don't come near it. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, what if I just took it out? Mm -hmm. So what I always recommend is first and foremost, having a vision for your relationship. Like we have like a plan. We have a movement and it can sound a little like hokey to people who are like, what? But (laughs) That's sort of what it takes. Like if you, if you want a high frequency relationship, you're going to have to do things that most people pass over. But if you don't, the consequences turn into resentment. The, the point of your relationship is supposed to be a partner, an ally, a friend. And if you don't have the courage to say, you know, that, that statement is sitting funny. I'm, I'm feeling an energy that really sucks. Can we, can we spend some time? I'm not someone who, I, the thing I can't stand the most is when someone says, you made me mad. Um, mm. Like no one, no one can make you anything. All someone is doing is expressing an emotion that they are uncomfortable with. And most of the time, men have not been conditioned, like in heteronormative context, men have not been conditioned to say, hey, you know, I had a promotion at work and you didn't ask me about it. And now I feel like my nine-year-old self when my dad didn't pay attention to me. Because what happens is when those moments happen, like when you dismiss someone and it can, it can be so quick. It could be like, you get a text from, from your partner and you're busy and you're like, Oh, I'll respond to it later. And in that moment, they were like, where were you? Mm-hmm. If we don't bring that up, if we don't say like, I was kind of counting on you today and, and I'm feeling disappointed. What can we do to move through that? Oh, that is, that's what makes those those relationships smooth out because over time, what ends up happening is men say, well, I reached out and like said stuff because she wants me to talk more, but she didn't respond to it. So now I'm not going to do that again. And then we, as women say, he never talks, you know, he doesn't listen to me. What the hell? And in that moment, if you had just gone back and cleared up that residue, then it would have been gone. Mm-hmm. But instead, we don't. <laughs> yeah, it's like you teach people what to expect from you. Something yeah. like that. And it's like, whatever, however you're acting, you're going to teach that person to expect that from you. And it's so funny because I had this conversation with my mom. It's so funny because I always like, I'm like, mom, everyone on the internet knows everything about your life. <laughs> because you're my mother. But anyways, I always 
like laugh because she's so hyper masculine. So if I was like, I'm having a bad day, she's like, well, just don't. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, thank you. Like, thanks. Or if she's mad, she's like, she'll, she'll be mad, but I can't be mad. Like, it's just so funny. Yeah. And I just told her. And sometimes there's been moments where she said, well, did, how come you didn't tell me this? And I'm like, because you taught me it wasn't okay to. I yeah. didn't say that. No, but you exactly. did that. XYZ exactly. that taught me it wasn't okay. And it's the same thing that we do in relationships. Oh, yes. When I step into my hyper-masculine thing, because like I lived in a very hyper-masculine, very chaotic, very everyone defend yourselves. Yeah. Everyone like fight each other type of environment. Um, especially I feel sometimes I, it's very easy for me to like dismiss like things well, it's, yeah it's it's if it's been how you've survived mm-hmm. that's what you do yeah I mean, I mean we we need to think about it like this like men especially men our age or, or the the guys that we're sort of talking to you need to remember they grew up in a time where you know boys don't cry or i'll give you something to cry about don't yeah. talk produce you know, your masculinity thrives on being a provider and making money and hustling and grinding. So they've conditioned that that's what being a man is. And then when they move from high school to college, masculinity became, yo man, did you fuck her last night? Yo man, I did too. Fist pump, bros, alpha, hit the gym. Mm -hmm. And only now have we really realized that that's become toxic masculinity. And so men deep down, because that's not, that's pretend it's a facade. That's how men in tribal situations find connection. Because again, at the end of the day, that's what we all want. So they haven't been taught that, Hey, you know, I can talk about my feelings. Like imagine, imagine a guy call being like, Hey Dave, I've had a really hard day, man. Can you like talk to me for 20? Like mm-hmm. that's pretty rare. And so what ends up happening is that these men, they grow up and then they're told find a wife, settle down, have a kid. And then they do. And they still haven't been taught your feelings matter. It's important to share how you feel our relationship will survive far, far healthier if we're on the same page. So we as women put on the mother role Mm -hmm. and sort of teach them that. And then it just becomes this big mess. So if we can just learn, you know, how do I need to be heard? How do I need to feel validated? Like my partner is a listener. He is very quiet. He's a multiple Capricorn. He is a strong and silent kind of guy. I obviously am the opposite. So so it works great because, and I remember thinking with him, like, wow, he was the first guy who ever actually listened to me. Like I would talk about, like, I read this study on neurochemistry and relationship and what do you think? And he'd be like, that's really interesting. Like, tell me more. Cool. And he would sit and just like, listen, he was intrigued by it. Mm -hmm. And so we've sort of had to find our own dynamic. A lot of the time, his communication is something that we tend to work on because he's very quiet and he was taught as a kid, you know, shut up, do work. Your feelings don't matter. Keep it moving. It's very tough for men to break out of that. And so I know we're kind of off on a tangent, but it's it's really important to understand that if you want long-term relationship, 
you guys have to figure out how to how to roadmap it. Like, what are you guys doing? What happens if there's a conflict? How how are you going to to move through that? What's your mo? Like, we like to have Sunday nights. We like to take an hour and just sit. And I, you know, I say on a scale of one to ten, how would you rate our relationship this week? And if he says, well, it was an eight, you know, we had a good time. It was all right. You know, I would say, okay, well, what would it take to get to a 10? Well, you know, I'd like to have sex a little more. And like, you didn't really ask me about that meeting with my boss and, you know, and then you're like, yes, information, feedback, beautiful. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's how you do it. It takes work. That's, that's the relationships take work. This is the work that people meet. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I love that. And I feel like we're always so scared to ask for feedback because we think, um, like, because what we're, we're taught to attach our identities to what other people say about us. So if you've been told, like, one of the things for me is when I was younger, I got called selfish, um, by a male figure in my life every single time that I didn't do what they wanted me to do. Right. So it's like, Oh, selfish. So I grew up being like, Oh, I need to self-sacrifice for love. (laughs) Yeah. But we're so trained to like attach our identity to that. So we're so afraid to say, hey, can we have an open conversation about how you were feeling? Because we're so scared that they're going to start to bring up these things that we've identified ourselves with. And that God forbid, maybe someone will say something and how awesome we think we are is going to be wrong. And they're going to shatter this illusion of like what the reality is of like our lives and that it's going to just all crumble. But I think it's the complete opposite. And I think if that were to happen, it would be the best thing that ever happened to you. Yeah. It's like all all these bullshit identities, like they're not real. Totally. And, and we, you know, we're so consumed with other people's approval and validation and acceptance. Like when I was in high school, I was like the chubby weird girl. I was a floater. So I just sort of like moved around. Oh my God, same. (laughs) We're twins. I know it's honestly, and I remember I've always been like this. I've always sort of had different thoughts and, and wanted to change the world and like do something big with my life. And it was a beautiful freedom moment when I realized not everyone wants that and not everyone appreciates it. And it's totally okay. I would much rather have someone say, you know what stuff you're not for me. So I could say, great, phenomenal. That's the real thank you next. When yes. someone when someone can say, you know what, I'm sure like it's great for other people, like you do you, but it's not really my style. I would be like, thank you so much. That's fantastic. And then you just pivot and you just call in people who are like, where are the weirdos at? Come on yes. down, you know? <laughs> and not attached to it too. And that's one thing that I've been super open about too, which is so new is actually being open and honest with people when you're like, I feel like this isn't working. Yeah, it's okay it's to do that. Yeah, it's amazing. It's like, thank you. Like, thank you so much for relieving me and not like holding me to something that isn't going to either go anywhere or isn't going to feel good. Yes, 100%. And, and again, this goes to the notion that, you know, I'll be better when I have a boyfriend or I'll feel okay when I acquire this. If you're constantly looking for external, then you're going to be having a tough time. And it's very, very repelling to the good guys because, you know, if, if you can really say, 
if I'm in the space between a relationship, if I, if I have this sort of cosmically activated pocket of time that was given to me so that I can do a PhD on myself, what a gift. Instead of saying, oh, when's it coming? Where is he? I'm bored. What the hell? Instead, be like, I'm just going to play with this and just see what would happen. Because I can tell you, and I've said this to clients, if, if you had a knock on the door right now and it was the man of your dream saying, honey, I'm here, most people would be like, what? I don't know. Ah, they would freak <laughs> out. They honestly would because we spend so much time in, you know, acquiring and getting, and where is he? And I want to find him and what's going on. We spend so much energy on that. Instead of saying it would make no sense to think I will never be in love again. It would make no sense to say that I'm going to die alone. So if I can really believe that, then what if I just put down this urgency and instead said, I'm going to be with myself and figure out who I am and get prepared because he's coming. He's like, he's, it's in the vortex. It's the universe. It's like, yo, we're trying to show you what's going on and you're not listening. So we're going to hold him a little bit longer till you figure it out. So instead of saying like, where is he? Say, what a great time to experiment. What if I decided to take that dance class or try out that new restaurant or like lived actually was my own person. That energy is palpable. It's, it's exciting and intoxicating. And then that's when people say it happened when I wasn't looking or he just fell into my lap or it just came out of nowhere. That's how that works. It doesn't need to take forever. I called my guy in in less than what, two months because I decided to just say like, what would happen if I got ready? What would happen if I like, is there room in my closet? Is my bedroom appropriate? Like, do I know what I want to do instead of being so fixated on, Oh, he didn't message me back. Self-esteem hit. Or, you know, he ghosted me. I'm a horrible person. Like that's what's keeping people stuck. Mm. So just knock it off. It's on the way. You got to get your own energy right. I promise. <laughs> oh my God. I love that so much. That was so good. That was so good. And so if there's one thing that you could share with people, or if you could just like shake people and get them to understand this, or one thing that you could just like put in a goodie bag and give it to everyone, what would it be? Okay. The first thing that came to mind was really knocking off this attitude that you don't care. That's probably the oh, thing. That, yes. Like, I can't handle it. I can't handle this notion of like, you know, screw men, whatever. I don't even care. Like, I'm it just, it's, like, I don't believe it. I, I really and truly don't buy it. Oh my yes. God, I love that. Like, I, I always mean, say, give a fuck. Just give a fuck. Limit your yes. what matters, but give a fuck. 100%, because here, here's the thing. Yes, is it true that there are times in one's life where a priority is not on a relationship? 100%. But I don't believe for a second that someone says, I, I don't want to be in love. Screw men. I'm done with this. Whatever. Like, I'm, I, that's just, it's, it's not true, <laughs> you know, like at all. And I, I think those are the women who have it the hardest because they have spent so much energy protecting themselves, putting the armor up 
and saying, you know, I'm going to pretend that I'm this, you know, it's the bad bitch mentality. Yeah, I was like, I've been there, done that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we all have. And it's really, honestly, it's really sad. It really breaks my heart because I'm just like, I don't believe it. Mm -hmm. I think you have been so hurt and so wounded for so long that this is what you feel like you have to do. But the continuous energy of get away from me, get away from me. What do you think that's calling in? That's calling in people who are emotionally unavailable, players, Mm -hmm. guys who just want to lay you down because your energy is so, so real. Like you can't fake it. So that's what I would say. This, this whole, like, you know, I'm a do me. I don't need you. Like, it's just, it's nonsense. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Seriously. Oh my gosh. So good. I'm just like, yes, exactly. And just like that feeling of needing to protect yourself and needing to like be something or project something out. Like I always say, you have a place where your voice sits and there's two different energies where people feel triggered or defensive. And one is like the super shy where your like voice creeps in the back and you're like, I'm a wallflower. No one look at me. And then there's like the big dude at the gym. I just say there's like, hey, oh, look at my muscles type thing. It's like the bad bitch mentality. It's all the same. And even for there's any guys listening here, like this is a pretty like, like you work primarily with women, right? Yeah. I have, yeah, I have worked with some men, but mostly women. Yeah. So this is like a pretty like um, female oriented podcast, which I think is like very needed and very necessary, <laughs> especially in my audience, which I love and pretty like heteronormative talking about like the masculine, the feminine stuff like yeah. that. But even for men, if someone's listening, it's like the most attractive thing for me is if a guy like just does not have filters. Like I'm like, yeah. oh my God, yes. Like take me now. If a guy is just so authentically themselves, I'm like, yes. Yeah, like yeah. you do you, honey. Like health, yeah. And yeah. it's the same thing in the opposite. Like people who are just so who they are and they just show up and they're like, this is me, like whatever. Like big yeah. booty and all. Like this is yeah. like, hell yeah. Right, I'm like, I feel like, yeah. <laughs> resonate (laughs) it's it's true and and like there's nothing more attractive than someone you know who's like this is who I am and and not in that way of like if you don't like it fuck you I cannot stand that I cannot stand that because it's it's like who are you to say that like I really believe like I when I think about love I think about you know, how we have all these like 7 billion souls in these skin suits with this like weird assignment. Like, okay, so my soul said I'm, I'm coming into earth and I got a couple things to do. Cool. What kind of personality? What am I going to look like? What's my vibe here? And, and we're all just sort of floating along, mingling along. And then we, we connect with someone who's like, wow, I feel nice when I'm with you. And like, Mm -hmm. you like me too. Awesome. And, and the evolution of connection. And like, I really wish that we would stop being so insistent on hiding our hearts because that's the key. Imagine if everyone were to say, actually, I would like to be in a relationship or actually my ex from a couple of years ago is, is still affecting me. Or yeah, I slept with that guy in the first day and it made me feel really weird all the next day. And I wish so much that we were more vulnerable because the world would be in, in way more loving dynamic, honestly. Oh, a hundred percent. And then we w- wouldn't have to feel this like need to, and I feel like this is something too, especially um, with masculinity, even like femininity. It's like, once you put this mask up and someone sees past it, your immediate response is to like hurt 
them like 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 fuck you right or if someone like if someone does reject you or something like that that's something that I used to be so afraid of was rejection because I thought it made every meant everything about who I was as a person but now it's like okay if I'm not if I'm not your favorite ice cream flavor like who cares like that doesn't about, mean you're a bad person. It's just no, like, and and honestly, like you're not for everyone. Like yeah. you know, how many think about this? How many Victoria's Secret models has Leonardo DiCaprio been like? Meh, I'm over yeah. it. We had to get like you know people. It's it's like the quote, like you know, you could be the juiciest peach in the bucket, yeah. but not everyone likes peaches. And it's instead of being like, ah, this person's judgment of me is going to alter how I feel. Mm-hmm. What if you just said, that's awesome. Like, okay, cool. Like that's totally fine. It takes work though. Like, I'm not going to yeah. lie to you. That's why I do this because it takes work. And, and I mean, we haven't even got into attachment theory and patterns and yeah. why we do what we do, but like, for like, honestly, if you challenged yourself the next time someone, you know, behaved in a way that didn't meet your unverbalized expectation, I would dare you to respond differently and see if something different happens. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Oh my God. I love that so much. And it's just, it's just so true. And I just, (laughs) I was going to say something about this distracting because I was literally today thinking about like when like the only time that people get really, really defensive, defensive is like when you don't meet their unverbal expectations yeah. of what you need to show up as. You're like, I'm sorry, I didn't like read your mind. Yeah, and that's why it's so important to use your voice and be vulnerable. Honestly, you got to. I mean, it, it's just, it's so my thing. Like, I think it's so juicy to just have this confidence about you that's real and pure and kind not this pretend you can tell when someone's not actually confident because real confidence is kind. Mm -hmm. If someone is not being kind in their authority, that's not real confidence. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's coming from that. My my friends always make fun of me. I was just about to say it, but I always say, Oh, it's just coming from a wounded place. Cause this guy like cut us off when we were, when I was teaching in Sylvan Lake a couple of months ago and this guy like cut us off and he was like really mean. And I'm like, guys, it's okay. He's just acting from a wounded place. It's true. It's true. It's like, oh, someone's pain body is activated. Like, yeah. oh, but that's the thing. Like, there, there are times like when, when my fiance and I would have like intense conversations and I would literally, literally picture him as a four-year-old child. You know, my, my fiance came from a very rough home and I would picture him as this four-year-old child who was never loved and, and held and hugged. And instead of the spew that I was getting, I'm able to sort of look and see, wow, there's something that's really sad going on right now. And just, I'll do a couple coaching wizard things on him. But usually it's like, I will remember that he is just a little boy who's, who's activated and hasn't you know, been taught that it's okay and safe to express yourself. We have to be taught that it's safe. Uh, One of the biggest requirements for a long-term relationship is emotional safety. You have to feel like it's okay to be who you are. Mm, that's so good. Okay, one last thing I promise and I'll let you leave. <laughs> like we can it's talk like, forever. It's getting dark. <laughs> I know where you are. It's like dark, but like I could talk for hours. Um, okay, so um, when it comes to this, like I would love to hear your opinion on especially the coaches, especially like the females who feel like they need to step into that alpha role mm. all the time. 
what would be your number one thing that you would give to them if they find themselves always feeling like this need to either like coach their partner or feeling this need to like almost save them in some way or seize the, mm. see the potential and kind of force. Cause I, this is something that I did in one of my <laughs> previous relationships. And let me tell you, it doesn't go over well. No. <laughs> it's not a great thing. So no. what's something that you um, could share wisdom on if someone's in that loop of like always feeling like they need to step into that role as a coach in their relationship? Such a good question. Oh my God. You can't. You just can't. Just and, don't and do it. You, well, because here's the thing. And I had to learn that because that mm-hmm. was such, I mean, imagine living and being in a relationship with a relationship coach. Yeah. It's so funny. It's like, there's not a lot to, that you can really pull over my eyes. And so what ended up happening is, is years ago in the beginning, I would want to sort of like analyze and dissect and like, oh, you're feeling an emotional disturbance. Like, let's go back in time, blah, blah, blah. And what the guy hears is, is mommy. Mm. Mommy's here. You don't want to be the mom. You don't want to be the, the, the caretaker. You don't want to be the, you know, mommy's here to fix you and rescue you. Um, it's, it's a weird dynamic. And so my best advice would be, and this is what we did actually was my partner, the, the part of me coaching him that sunk in at that time was the necessity of coaching. So we got Mm. him a coach. So my partner actually ended up working with a male life coach for three months just to move through some childhood bullshit, because y'all know we take that shit with us until we clear it. Mm -hmm. So I had to learn, I was not being effective. What he was hearing is like the Charlie Brown, (laughs) I just, I just want my sexy girlfriend. I, I, you know, and in the same token, men need to learn that their women are not their therapists either, Mm -hmm. you know? So what I would really recommend is to sort of say, you know what? I'm noticing that I'm, you know, coaching you and that's really not effective and you didn't even ask for it. And honestly, if you want to go even next level deep, apologize for it. It's intrusive. He didn't ask for it. You know, you can say like, my intention is to guide you and help you, but I'm noticing that my behavior is really intrusive and I'm, I'm so sorry. Um, that's so good you know and then it's done you just move through it and then if there's actually some stuff that needs to be cleared through that's when I would say you know I want to help you find someone that you can share this with for your comfort for your sake because you don't want to be carrying this either you don't want to be having this 10 pound weight so I don't think I'm the right person for this but I would love to help find you someone that you vibe with and you connect with and then leave him the fuck alone that's don't so be, good. don't be the mommy. You don't want to be the mommy. Trust me. And I'm eight years older than my fiance. So I really had to learn this because when you date someone with an age difference, I had to know going into it that he's going to need a little bit more time to catch up emotionally, energetically, because I have eight years on him. I have eight years of personal development, growth and learning. And the good thing about him is that he loves it and he's receptive. You need to be with someone who says, I'm going to put my pride in my back pocket because for the betterment of our relationship, I have a couple things I need to work out. You know, it's like you go to the dentist when you have a cavity you need to talk to someone if you've got some junk, 
You don't need to carry it, you know, but you are not responsible for anyone else's emotional well-being. All you are responsible for is how you handle and receive any type of disturbance. And the two of you together have to have a plan for, you know, moving through that season of, of storm or conflict. Because it's just a season. It, it moves eventually. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so good. I love that so much. And it's, it's so true. What you said is that like mommy role. Cause then you get resentful too, yeah. especially if they're not receptive to it, but it's just, or you end up being the person that they are constantly asking for coaching for. Yes. And, and that's, like, it happened. And, and you yes. don't want that. You don't want to have that dynamic of, um, you know, th- there's one thing to be a caretaker and someone who's loving and, and, does gestures, but you want to maintain the physicality and the chemistry and your, and your individual roles. You don't want to be the mommy. It doesn't, Mm -hmm. it doesn't work. (laughs) Oh my God. I love this so much. This was so good. Yeah. I have to have you on again because I would love, like, it's so good. Like, we'll just do like a whole series of just me and you talking because it's so good because you just have so much more. Like, I would highly recommend everyone follow you, especially because you're so open with your talks of like sobriety and just like everything. And it's just so good. Thank you so much. I honestly thank you. This is like blood, sweat, and tears because I see this everywhere. I mean, I was driving in the car the other day and that Halsey song, Bad at Love, comes on. And I'm like, no, because now all these women are like, yeah, like, fuck love. I'm bad at it. Like, men are awful. And then we've just, we've just perpetuated the shit. I mean, she, I, I would love to have a conversation with her about her choices. But I mean, yeah, I mean, we've got to change the world one heart at a time. <laughs> Oh my God. Yes. I love that. (laughs) You you even tell that the caffeine. Oh my God. Yes. I love it. There's also this other song from Macklemore and I was literally listening to it. Like once, once you recognize these patterns, you're like, Oh my God, this person needs a relationship coach. I think you would love it. So I'm just going to say it, but everyone needs to listen to it. And it's called over it by Macklemore and like everyone listen to it, but do not follow its advice in any way, shape or form. He needs a relationship (laughs) coach. And I would like to, if anyone knows Macklemore personally, Hit up, hit up seventy. Send in my way. Yeah, she's your dreams. Oh my god! Like, and if anyone knows Khloe Kardashian's publicist, let me know. <laughs> Ariana Grande's publicist. Oh my god. Let me know. Like, there's there's a few. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh my god, I love that so much. Okay, we're gonna say goodbye to you on the podcast, but then I'm gonna <laughs> chat with you for a hot second after. So we love you. Thank you so much yeah. for spending time with us. It was a blast, an absolute splash. Yay. I hope you love, love, loved that episode. You want to come hang out with me a little bit more and maybe talk some more leadership, love, and unfiltered voice, then you can go ahead and find me on social media at Danny Driuso. And I would love for you to come join me in my private Facebook community. This is where the conversation continues, okay? So I'm always in there giving you guys live trainings and information and just making sure that you guys are fully supported in your business life and leadership. Okay. It's a totally free Facebook community and you can find the link below in the show notes to come join me there. And I would love, love, love for you guys to leave me a review if you feel so moved to and let me know how you are loving these episodes. Okay. And maybe who you want to see on next time. 
Thanks for tuning in to the Unleash Your Voice podcast and go be bright, be bold, and be you.